Hey, everybody, and welcome to yet another project. We have come up with a another podcast, and it's based on movies. Uh, welcome to the first inaugural episode of I'll Watch It Later. And you're like, what the fuck does that mean, you asshole? Why am I still listening to this? Me and a bunch of my friends got together, and we realized that we are all cinephiles, and we have a ever-growing watch list for movies, just like most people do. And um, we've decided that we're going to watch those movies, and we're going to then come back here and review them. And, you know, whenever, you, whenever you're talking to your friends about movies, you're always like, oh, that's, that sounds awesome. I'll watch it later. So that is the concept of this show. Um, I'm sitting here with my best friend, Jordan. Hi, everybody. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's like the greatest. He's my movie watching buddy. And Don't worry our, about me. Our producer and my brother-in-law, Scott, <laughs> who kind of runs the board. He runs all the good stuff. He makes us sound good. Uh, he is the everyman. So Jordan and I know a lot about film. We watch a lot of movies. Scott is the everyman voice. If you're sitting here listening like, I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. I'm vanilla bean frappuccino. Yeah, that's right. Scott is the guy. He is the, uh, I don't know. He's the truck driver. We are driving the Lamborghinis. <laughs> he's driving the truck. So, uh, yeah. So, just a little bit about me. I, you know, I've been watching movies my whole life. I always wanted to do something in movies. I have never been able to do anything in movies, so we decided to do this. How about you, Jordan? Uh, I'm an old man who's had a lot of time watching movies, been watching everything I can since, you know, since I was a kid. I actually used to work at a blockbuster video and Hollywood video. So I had access to everything and anything before all the streaming services ruined our lives. But yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, everything and every, anything. Man. I too worked at Hollywood video. And what's the funny thing is, is back then I just wanted to watch popular movies. And now I'm getting into the older stuff, the 1940s stuff, the, you know, all that kind of good goodness, and um, yeah. Cinema, what about what about you, were. Scott? Um, what I, I rent a lot. I rented a lot of movies. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. I so I don't consider myself a cinephile, perhaps as you will. I like movies. I like movies that pique my interest, that keep my interest. I do like the big budget movies. I like the action movies. I like comedies. You know, I being around you guys, I've been a little bit more introduced to some movies that I probably thought I would never watch or, you know, in a million years pick up. So if so. you're wondering why Fast 9 makes $200 million, it's because of Scott. And, well, it's because Aaron takes me to those movies <laughs> and tells say, me I have I to think, go I see think them. we were all there for that cinematic <laughs> wonderment. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I only go because I want to see theater survive. Anyways, we can get it all into that another time um i don't want to make this a big hubba baloo i just wanted to kind of introduce us and where we're from we're not going to do this every show most of the time we're just going to get right into the movie um at the end of the shows we're going to tell you what's coming out uh what's coming to theaters uh the next movie for the week so every week you're going to have a chance to watch a movie with us every week and how it's going to go is i'm going to pick a movie then jordan's going to pick a movie then scott's going to pick a movie then we're going to give you a week off and we're going to review snacks why because we like snacks too so how to incorporate that into this, that's how we're going to do it. We're going to do three movies, then a snack show. So if you want to watch the movies we've been talking about, that'll give you a week to catch up, whatever you want to do. And uh, that way, yeah, and then you can go buy all the snacks, eat the snacks, watch the movies. It'll be a good time. Maybe there's something you've already seen, 
So you can skip a week, whatever. Um, how this is going to go is there's going to be a rating scale we each, uh, for every movie we have. Zero to five. Zero means uh, I wouldn't recommend this to my worst enemy. Uh, and up. Five is a masterpiece. Now let me just say this. I, I need to preface this. I give out fives. I'm not one of these guys who's like, I hold a five close to my heart and it can only be for the most perfect masterful. No. If a movie hits all the key points, it's entertaining, it's well-directed, it's well-shot, it gets a five. I don't need it to change my life. I just need it to be good. So I am not stingy with my fives. I, Everybody gets a trophy in Aaron's world. <laughs> yeah, which is why Bubble Boy is never going to be watched on this show. I don't want to hear him rated at number five. Well, luckily for you, I've seen Bubble Boy. So, and then the other rule we have is if two of us haven't seen it, but one of us has, that movie can still be picked because, you know... That, you revisit it. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot of the times you go back and revisit film and you look at it a different way or you see something you didn't see before. And I just... Uh, it just That way it doesn't limit us to, well, I've seen all these movies, you know, because... Like I said, myself and Jordan have seen a ton of film, and Scott, not so much, so it's going <laughs> to make things a, a little difficult on, on that end. Not right away, but, you know, maybe three years from now, when you guys are like, when we're still doing the show, maybe. So, anyways. Um, okay, do you guys have anything to say before we actually no, start? No, I just, I, for me, it's like, I I have done that, where I have watched a movie, say, in a theater, and maybe wasn't in the right mindset, and, and totally just hated that movie, and then have revisited it years later after seeing other things and just had a better appreciation for it may not still be the best movie, but you know, it was like, all right, well, I like that movie. I'll, you know, I, I think maybe I was mad or uh, I had higher expectations and I didn't go in, you know, with the right mindset. So I like the idea of revisiting things that maybe it's been years since I've seen, or I remember loving as a, as a kid and seeing it now thinking, Oh God, this is, this is horrible. So there's going to be chances where maybe I like something that I haven't seen in a while, and there's going to be things where, uh, you know, it's been dated, and I don't know why I liked it to begin with. So I'm actually looking forward to kind of revisiting some older stuff as well. I agree. And uh, speaking of that, just a quick story. Midsummer, you guys hated it. I've watched it twice since we've seen it. Hated it. And I, I don't hate it as much as you guys. I still don't think it's a very good movie. I have my own problems with Ari Aster, but... I don't think it was as bad as when we initially walked out of the theater and was like, this movie sucks. But I that, I just wanted to mm. give an example of what you were talking about. My opinion hasn't changed on that Yeah, movie. no one cares about your opinion, Scott. That's why you're a producer. Well, Anyways. They will. <laughs> I will make them Welcome care. Welcome to the opinion show where I, yes. one of the hosts doesn't actually get to have an opinion. No, I'm kidding. I, Scott can have whatever opinion he wants, but... uh I'm just, I'm just messing. We're gonna with cut that. out all his ratings. <laughs> yes. he He's like, it's a what? Uh, just kidding. All just, right. Just so you know, as producer, I get to go back and edit all the times you talk shit about me, <laughs> and they will not be in the show. It's gonna be short shows. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a thirty-minute show. So it is 1983, and we were told to watch Rumblefish, Francis Ford Coppola's Rumblefish. So that's what we did for the first episode. So it wouldn't just be us talking about ourselves. We're going to give you the exact format, the exact way we're doing this. We all watched it. We all have a rating for it. Hit it, Scott. I don't understand. Why do you hate him so much? Huh? I hate him so much because you kids think he's something he's not. 
You always try so hard to be like your brother, Mr. James. Hey, my brother's the coolest. What if the motorcycle boy came back and found out? My brother ain't back, man, all right? I don't know when he's coming back, if he's coming back, so if you assholes want to wait around for the rest of your life to see what he says, fine. The motorcycle boy. I wonder why somebody hasn't taken a rifle and blown your head off. Well, even the most primitive society has an innate respect for the insane. He's murdering this cast to play. And he's born in the wrong era. On the wrong side of the river. Man, me and you, we, we could have run this whole side of town if you just gave me a chance. somewhere to go so we watched rumblefish last night it's uh it was directed by francis ford coppola he did it literally two weeks after he filmed the outsider same uh writer s h hilton sorry see that's what i get for not taking down notes a lot of the same cast stuck around not all of them but a lot of them matt dillon uh mickey rourke we had uh nicholas cage and his what some to consider to be his first role ever, uh, even though technically Fast Times is, but that was more of a cameo. Uh, he doesn't have any lines in that film. Um, and uh, what's his what's his name from Reservoir Dogs? Who am I thinking of? He's part of the gang. Chris Penn. Is yep, Chris Penn, Penn was in it. Chris yeah. Penn. We got a young Lawrence Fishburne. Yes, yes. Dennis, which we got I Dennis did Hopper. Not, yes, which Diane Lane. I did not realize that it was Lawrence Fishburne until the end of the film. Um, and to me, so the eighties, you know, they have a lot of movies about teenagers and angst and, you know, John Hughes films and all that stuff. And I felt like, um, and this, it's been called this a million times because I think Coppola said it himself, but it's an art house film for teens. Uh, I, I went into it with absolutely no expectations. I didn't know what to think. I love Coppola films. I love Godfather, you know, like, um, What's it called? Apocalypse Now. Incredible. Uh, I didn't know what to think. I'd never heard of it. I'd never heard of it until a couple of weeks ago when I heard it was playing at the New Beverly in, the, in Los Angeles. I, I didn't know anything about it. So I went into it with absolutely zero expectations. Um, but I like those types of movies. I like um, teen, angsty, like, you know, I got to find my place in the world type films. Like She's All That. I mean, that's not a terrible film. Five stars. <laughs> I might give Cheese All That five stars. No, I think that would be like a three. So excited for the sequel. So uh, what did you guys, what did you, what did you think of the movie, Jordan? Um, I had a little bit of background with it. That um, was one of the books by S.E. Hinton that I was required to read in high school. So I had an idea of the story. I had kind of a baseline expectation of it. I had never seen the movie. Um Oddly enough, I've also never seen her other film adapted movie um, by Coppola, uh, The Outsiders. What? Yeah. And that's honestly very surprising. This made me kind of want to go back and and watch that, knowing the history of it and how he kind of sold it to uh, the studios. Um, A little bit of trivia on this is that I guess um, 
the outsiders didn't sit well with Warner Brothers, so they passed on trying to actually get this movie made. So I believe, if I'm right, maybe Sony Pictures or someone, they went ahead and picked it up. So yeah, it was literally a quick turnaround. He retained almost most of the cast. Um, I believe it may be with the one film adaptation of some of uh, the author's works that didn't have Emilio Estevez, which was kind of weird. I think it was um, the only film that right. S.E. Hinton... <clears throat> Or one of the only films that she did that he was not in. Which, by the way, also, I'm 42 years old. I've read this book probably twice, now watched the movie, and I just found out that Essie Hinton was a woman. <laughs> I did not know she wrote about angsty teenagers in Oklahoma yeah. as a woman, and I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, made me kind of look into that a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely very art house um it, it reminded me of orson wells um citizen kane type stuff the way it was filmed the way the sound was the way the uh um the black and white like high monochrome you know the whites are very white the, the shadows are very dark and at some points it's like okay what am i watching <laughs> you know and it's and it, it I, I believe that's kind of what the intention was very art house very german film it was inspired by uh old german films actually and right. the the thing that you say about shadow um the, the thing that they could do in black and white that they couldn't do if it was done in color was Cop coppola actually painted a lot of like when he's walking up to was it patty or peggy patty i think diane lane's character patty's house and uh you see him kind of skipping up those steps um matt Dillon's character rusty james uh who you, oh i think it's rusty james i don't know if it was said enough in that film it was rusty but, james right? yeah uh, i think it was rusty james okay uh, you have I, any i want to go back and actually count <laughs> physically how many times because I the opening Googled. scene honestly i think Lawrence fishburne says rusty james no less than five times before <laughs> you even really see matt Dillon. right yeah so he um he painted a lot of those shadows on and that that uh that worked really well in that black in that black and white imagery um i really i really liked matt dylan i really really liked mickey rourke in this pretty much the story is uh this kid's brother is has been gone for two weeks and no one knows if he's coming back um he's kind of the leader of his brother the motorcycle boys old gang kind of they don't really respect him but he um he has all this other stuff going on and all he wants to do is be like his brother towards the end of the film. He realizes that he can't do that. He, his brother's this other person and he's his own person. And it's just, uh, it's just not, you know, he's, he's going a different path in life than his brother. And he starts to think his brother's crazy, but it's really just the reality around him that's crazy. There's lots of imagery in this. There's lots of subtlety in this. The moving clouds all the time in the, the film. There's so many clocks. Like every other scene is a giant clock in your face. And, it, and it's just representing the passage of time. And uh, even when he breaks up with his girlfriend or Pe Patty, Peggy, Patty, <laughs> um, she walks into... There's like all this smoke. It looks like there's smoke bombs in it. Every and scene from what I was reading has either steam coming up from the ground right. or, has, you know, like when they're fighting underneath uh, the train there, there's, you know, which by the way, one of the coolest fight scenes of all well, time. Well, you know, when you dance fight, it's always cool. It's very <laughs> uh, West Side Story. I, I'm going to tell you in that scene. So it's the two kind of rival gangs coming together. Yeah. West Side all Story. I can think about in my head 
was the video for Beat It. <laughs> and you, I was you know waiting what? for yeah. them to start dancing and like holding hands and doing <laughs> spins together and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's see, exactly what I was waiting for. Now I want to sync that uh, that music <laughs> to that scene without anything and just kind of see that. Um, I thought it almost felt like a play or... And I don't know if Rumblefish is a play. Like I, any time a musical could just break out. Yeah. The music in it was, and I don't want to use the word weird because I don't think it was weird. It just almost at the time, like it would sync up with the dialogue to the point where, okay, are they about to sing? Like it literally, it was every type of emotion that could be presented on screen was was linked up to this to the soundtrack and i just thought it was incredibly well done um i i did do a little bit of research afterwards i watched some of the supplements on the criterion because i own the criterion and, <laughs> and uh <laughs> um it i guess the the composer was actually there and when they were doing their actions or whatever he was playing behind them and stuff like that so it, it did work it worked very well i to me this movie is better than the outsiders. Although I do really like the outsiders. In fact, I would go as far as to say, and I'm not trying to bury the lead here. I'm not trying to automatically just give you my opinion, but I think this is one of Coppola's best films. And I love apocalypse now in the Godfather, but Godfather three sucks. And you know, it will always have that tarnishment. But I think that this movie for being set in 1983 for the way, for its symbolism and its cast, fucking incredible it was so good i loved it so much i just wanted to talk to scott about it all night last night because we were sitting right next to each other but we were like we gotta save it for the show there were so many things that we wanted to say at the time Uh, and we were like just don't say anything (laughs) i'm gonna go home we're gonna take it like take it to bed at this point oh yeah no i got the hot text like going hey i there's i just want to talk about rumble fish right now (laughs) and like nope can't can't do it i have i have my thoughts um the music actually was done by the drummer of the police Stuart copeland And he did it on a, at the time, experimental um, um, instrument that wasn't really kind of used in a lot of things. So that's why it's very heavy percussion, very hard, almost to the point where even the, that opening scene, it's very, you know, it almost feels like he's banging on metal pipes. Like it's very, it almost assaults you like in your ears and, and just gets you set up for just what you're about to see and it's it does play well because yeah i mean it's it wasn't just a normal composer it was Stuart copeland which is kind of cool so i'm gonna i'm gonna hit you with some knowledge that um i feel really dumb about but i've never heard of the police especially as a a cinephile (laughs) but uh i did not know that nicholas cage was francis Ford coppola's brother's son all right well that was the last episode everybody that is legit common effing knowledge i didn't know i even knew that oh but my i God. love nicholas cage so you'd think it was something i'd know okay look at this so directed by francis Ford coppola you got nick i believe it's coppola it is Nicola, Nick Cage. Right. Sophia Coppola is in the movie. Donna, yeah. And I believe his son is also in the movie. So there are legit, like, just... generations of Coppolas in this movie. Wow, that's incredible. I do know, I did find out when I found out about the Nicolas Cage thing, um, that jacket that Nicolas Cage wears in the film that says Deuces Wild, I think, is actually from his brother's, when he was in, like, a street tough gang or whatever. It's actually his his brother's real life jacket. 
I'm not even kidding. I would just do hours upon hours on Nicolas Cage movies. Like we I can know. watch Peggy Sue Got Married. What? We can watch. I own Valley Girl. I've never seen it. Valley Girl's fantastic. Well, you just buried the lead. We know you've seen it, so now I can't watch it. Have you ever seen Valley Girl? <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I haven't, I haven't that's seen it since two out like of the one. 80s, so it's two to one. It. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my next pick. The, the, the Nicolas Cage cast. So, what did you think, Scott? What do you? What do you? I saw you writing notes in your phone, so I wanna. I wanna. Yeah. So, all right. How do I how do I start this? Uh oh. By saying Rusty James. So now <laughs> now I come from an art background, okay? Okay. I have a degree in art. I've hung around artists. I've gone to art shows. I've done all this other stuff. Now, what I can't stand more than anything is people that will stand in front of a blank canvas and say, This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. It's so deep and it's so oh, here we go. so emotional. Okay. <laughs> With that being said, I didn't hate it, but I can tell you right now, I will probably never watch this movie again. Why? The plot was non-existent. Oh my god. There was no plot whatsoever in the movie. Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. There was no plot. Dude. Okay. There was no plot in this movie. Now, I enjoy the visuals. I enjoy the time references. I enjoy the clouds moving, the shadows moving, the music synced up to like the timing of like a clock ticking, the seconds, all that stuff. Like I can appreciate all that. For me, I was waiting for some kind of a twist or some kind of a big payoff at the end of the movie that brought it all together. And I didn't get that. Are you, why? So you need a twist in order for a movie to be good or a big payoff? You can't just enjoy a story. That's, it's like finishing a movie in the middle of a scene and saying, all right, roll credits. Like you're waiting for a payoff. All right. So defend to defend Scott here. I, I watched this movie. Thank you. Okay. And at the end of it, I compared it to another movie that legit has the exact same plot, but was done better And that was American History X. You've got a younger brother idolizing the yeah. older brother. The brother comes back trying to get his other brother out of the life that he doesn't want him in, and shit happens. But the problem is, is that this movie, like he said, kind of just, they talk about time, and it's literally an hour and a half movie that felt longer because just the way that nothing yes. would progress. I sat on the couch, and I thought to myself, I, fell asleep. I thought this was an hour and a half. It's what, yeah. It's and an it seemed and a like a lot longer to me. Wow. And again, I did those off. Not I to did say that off. I hated it, and I didn't hate it either, but American History X did this exact same plot line, but better. That's a good point. I would have never put those two together, but it makes it's sense. It's even black and white. It makes sense. Um, okay. A lot well, of Nazis in both. It's weird. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, so I go back, and after watching a movie, open-minded. So I watch it open-minded. I watch, you know, the scenes. I watch what's going on. I try to take some notes. And I've got notes that we can go back to later, but then I always go back and I start hitting the internet right. and I want to see what other people said about the movie. Mm-hmm. I want to see what, like there's, there's videos you can watch on YouTube that say, okay, we've explained this movie for you. Now I, in my personal opinion, if you have to have a video that explains the movie to people, then it might, it's not going to hit everybody's table. It's, it's not going to strike everybody's nerve the same. Now, there was cool things that I learned about the movie, like with the colored fish and how they how they filmed the colored fish was they filmed the movie in black and white, projected it onto a screen behind 
the yeah. colored fish. I saw that too. In a in a tank with like gray gray pebbles on the bottom of the fish tank. Yes. So, you know, I mean, just cool little things. For me, I like stuff like that because I like the intricacies of watching a movie or how things are done or how they're made. I don't know. Like I said, it just, there was not a lot of payoff in the story for me. I feel like some of the, okay, so there was like a very, like peaks and valleys in acting in this movie. Like there were times where it's Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. at just younger. And I wanted for some f- reason with a bigger nose, like it's weird. <laughs> like this dude's nose is huge on screen as he's younger, as he's gotten older, this man has aged well in a way, but I younger, f- it was weird. Fight but, Nicolas Cage's character. Uh, so bad, but yeah, but you know, you got Diane Lane who I swear to God is been hot since birth. Apparently. Right. Um, then you've got Matt Dillon overacting. And then you've got Mickey Rourke looking dreamy, by the way. He looks so good. But mumbling this entire movie as if he was bored to film it. Mumblefish. He was mumblefish. <laughs> he was just, he was talking like this the whole time. And I'm talking about, do you know what they call these fish? They call mumblefish. And he's just like, <laughs> like dude, impression. just buy a fish. Like, <laughs> and Can we all agree that that Steve character is the most worthless character in any movie? Steve, so... Steve, is, Steve is to explain, as the movie's going, to people what's going on in this movie. He's like, hey, we shouldn't be doing this because these are the reasons why. I was like, oh, okay. So or the narrator. I actually watched, so I, I do the same as you. I go online and I see what everyone else, and then I try to form my own opinion. Right. And then I take things that I like that other people say, and I kind of mash it all together into my own words. I did watch a video that was all about Steve and it was how he was the polar opposite of Rusty James. Right. So he, so they're saying there's a theory that Steve was actually not real because you don't see him interact with any other characters and that he, um, I mean, he is there for, you know, he's getting beat up in the alley scene and uh, stuff like that, but he doesn't really interact with any other characters. And if they're saying that like, it's his, it's his conscious. It's it's his conscience, and it's the stuff he sh- wants to say to his brother, but he can't because there's that scene right after they get beat up and they're waiting underneath the thing, and he's screaming at him like, "This isn't what we should be doing." And he even says at one part in the movie, "I always know what you're thinking, Rusty James. I always, I'm always, I know everything about you, but you never see him interact with anybody else, and he's only there when Rusty's there." So. I actually really like that theory. I don't know if it's true, but I, I that's Steve. It so, would make so maybe sense. he is a narrator in in a sense. Yeah, he's the exposition. I mean, he's he's literally the 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 Mary and Pippin of this movie, where it's like they're just there to tell us things that we're supposed to already know, kind of, but not really. So that he explains it. Well, that goes back to it feeling like a play almost right. you know i i don't know i mean i get it i guess i just i think well, I maybe liked it one more. thing that maybe was disappointing to me is because i thought i had figured the movie out at first <laughs> so you know how you start what was there to you, figure you start out? thinking stuff it's not a puzzle so during the fight scene right so rusty james gets basically he, he doesn't get stabbed he kind of gets sliced gets i thought he was dud yeah yeah so at that point through the rest of the movie i'm seeing all the smoke and the fire I'm everybody's sweating profusely. Like God, he's been dead like, the whole time. Yeah. So I'm thinking that he's dead and some big revelation is going to come out at the end of this movie. Right. So every scene you would see, he's wearing a shirt and you can see the little blood stain through the I, shirt. I know. That's so I'm thought. trying to like overanalyze this whole thing thinking, oh, well, that he's was dead. you trying to find plot where there wasn't a plot. Maybe. Correct. I really hate that you guys say there's no plot. <laughs> it makes 100% sense. It just isn't. It's I mean, it is linear, but. 
it's just not the same, you know, as Back, Back to the Future or fucking 16 Candles. I, I'm just saying it's, there is a plot. He wants to be like his brother. He realizes he can't be. His brother went to California. He thinks he's crazy, but he's not. He's just different. And then he decides to go to California, makes it all the way to the coast, which his brother wasn't able to do. So in a way, he, it's like he's moving on from his brother. But the plot kind of shows up at the end. Like It all kind of does come together at the end. But while you're watching this movie... I'm trying to the whole time I'm trying to figure out what the hell this movie's about, where exactly is it going to go, and what's going to happen. I mean, that's just and that's just like I said, that's me and how I analyze the movie watching it and like I said it it is a very it is a very artistic movie. It's that it's made for that that deep thinker Art that House wants movie to for teenagers. Yeah, that wants to they want to think about some great plot to the universe that well yeah i mean you immediately knew that was going to happen when you were told that it was set on the mean streets of tulsa Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey that's okay. where what's her face grew up sc hinton well, yeah that's great who tulsa sucks and she turned into a prostitute yeah she was a prostitute did that's you know right. that she was in the movie yep, she, was, she tries uh, to talk to rusty james and he's like you were saying which i, I thought was hilarious but um it's just, and another fun fact rusty james the name of her cat when she was a kid so that's another. Yes, I did read that. Yeah. So we've got probably one of the biggest casts that I've seen ever, either up and coming names or names that we've all seen in tons of things. I mean, his dad. I mean, Dennis oh, Hopper. Did, oh, like, fuck, I can't believe they're gone. Yeah, so Dennis Hopper is his father. And, you know, the, the mom is gone. I don't think they ever really explained what happened to her. She's just not in the picture. Either she's dead or she took off drug bender who knows it's tulsa i would get out of there too <laughs> right. um so he's you know was raising two of these kids uh the older brother motorcycle boy you never know his name i think that's why i think rusty james is not really his name everyone's kind of going by their their gang name or you know rusty james is his gang name where the motorcycle boy is the only thing anyone ever calls mickey work right um, to the point where even in a fight, he uses his motorcycle like some kind of weapon, <laughs> which was, I mean, I, I actually, I paused the movie and was laughing probably for five minutes straight. It was both well, very practical looking, but also so like, if well, this was done today, that would have been a CGI piece that would have made you chuckle. He's during that days. scene, we both he's looked like, at each other. Yeah. We just like, kind of, he's like, here's your motorcycle. Right. Boy. I'm a motorcycle boy. So I'm going to use, it's like, come on. He it's shot like motorcycles. I, I would rather his name be Knife Kid so he'd at least stab somebody <laughs> instead of throwing a motorcycle at the other guy, which I don't know. Did they, did he kill him? I mean, he I wasn't what, in the rest of the movie. I mean, he could have killed <laughs> he, him. Either was the rest you of the You sliced guy. my brother. So here's a motorcycle to your face. Yeah, the, but, you know, Diane Lane's in it. I mean, there, there is, it's a who's who. And it's, I mean, for that alone, that was kind of cool, especially as like a time capsule to see did like where these people lot. have gone in their careers, where they've been. You have a lot of car- people that are in this movie that are now dead, you know, with like Chris Penn. Um, uh, who else? I wonder if Dennis Hopper. Yeah, I wonder if Tarantino watched this film and was like, he's going to be in Reservoir Dogs because of that film, or if it was something else. I mean, I'm sure I could find the answer to that. I just. I was very curious. I'm very curious whenever I see people show up in movies before their big movie. I'm right. Like, I wonder if this is the movie that got them that movie. You know what I mean? And there was a scene that I actually really did enjoy. I mean, like I said, I didn't hate this movie. Um, there were those points where it's like, okay, let's move along. Um, <laughs> but there was a, there was like a, just like a, a scene where Tom Waits is talking about how time is. Oh, I that, love that. That was, scene. that was actually a really good scene. Cause it does kind of play into that whole, time is kind of counting down you you know everyone has their 
end of time type of situation where it's like okay we're running borrowed time like yeah. you know why waste what you have and that's the kind of the whole point of mickey work coming back saying look yeah, I've wasted my life in this gang, doing this life, being this way, and this is why I want better, and this is why I want better for you. We need to get away from whatever abusive household we live in, all the mental illness that you know we've supposedly inherited at some point. Um, you know, at you know, they, Mickey Rourke's talking about how he's colorblind, which is weird since they don't really describe how colorblindness actually works. He's right, but that's that he I, how to see the fish. I think that was why the movie was in black and white because he, you know what I mean. Right, that's how it felt to me. Anyways, when they were explaining, that, I was like, oh, like it's kind of you're, it's kind of kind of show you through the lens of his eyes. At least that's how I took it. It might it's, not be that it's at possible, all. yeah. But um, well, in black and white, will give you huge contrast. Yeah. So sometimes you can't. It's it's easier. Like one, the first thing I thought of when I was thinking of the black and white was like when they released Sim City or Sin City. Oh, okay. with, oh yeah, with yeah. Bruce Willis and Mickey Rourke. Oh, yeah. I would watch a Sim City movie. <laughs> yeah, so, you <laughs> two know, 2 hours of someone just throwing tornadoes at their t- at their city <laughs> with the cheat codes. And you have that you have this huge like contrast of black and white. Now, in the right setting, it can make a great, you know, a great addition to a story. Well, so, and, and other movies have done that. Like you said Sin City, you know, used black and white and then you know, when it wanted to really prove a point, would throw color in, same with like Schindler's List, where it's a black and white movie all the way through and then you get that one scene where the the, the flame is in color or American you know? history X, like you brought up before, right, you which know? is all in black and white until he goes to prison. Well, or... it's, it's black and white in the sense that that's, they're showing the flashbacks. Right. So that's their flashback way of doing it. And then everything that's happening is in color. Just like yes. in this movie, uh, what's different from the book is that the book plays heavily on a lot of flashback scenes to kind of explain oh. some of the, you know, the history between motorcycle boy, the gang, the cop that, I swear was also an overacting cop. Like <laughs> what the, did he the, do? The, 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 well, the scene, the, the scene where uh, like when they're in the, the pet shop and then like uh, the cop is just kind of standing there and they're doing that like lower angles, like that typical, I'm wearing sunglasses indoors, you know, cop, small town cop. Well, you boys going to do this. It's like, all right. Dude. I didn't understand that part. And, he, and I'm uh, not that, trying to be stupid, but like, he they were they were looking at the fish. He was clearly like affected by the fish, and the shop owner was like, "I don't carry much money." Like, well, the 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 town is small, so they know who are these people. Are. Yeah, they know Motorcycle that. Boy. He's you know gang member. They, right. they knew it was Rusty James. You know, the gang members. But so, they weren't known for thievery. You know what I mean? I'm sure they were known for all kinds of stupid crap. It's it Tulsa. They, I don't know. They, 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 well, that wasn't part of the story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apparently, Scott needs it laid out with like. A coloring book, like paint no, by numbers, no, no, it's but it's just, in black and white. Yeah, like I said, I just don't. I, I, I kind of, I'll take things at very face value. You know, it's like I when I when I watch a movie, I want it to lead me someplace, and I just didn't feel like that happened until towards the end. Yeah, where I started to kind of then put it together and figure it out, but then I thought back and said, oh, well, "What the hell was I watching for the last like hour?" Right. Like it just it didn't really explain it to me until towards the end where I was like, oh, OK, I kind of figured it out now. OK, but apparently there's rumor out there that there's like a six hour director's cut. Oh, Shut up. And I'm like, how how can you have six hours worth of film on this movie? <laughs> Does Rusty that... James slice? Yeah, his they, they, the they actually had to cut hours. out two hours worth of someone saying <laughs> Rusty James at some point. But yeah, I mean. Is that they, they did, yeah. Oh my god! No, I like I said, like I said, like I said, it's just rumor, and you know, it's it's like with you know, they put out the director's bootleg cut of the Super Mario Brothers movie just out there, like film exists somewhere. I would, I'd watch it. I know you would watch. I it, would Scott. watch it. No, but see, here's my is thing. It, is like, it is it like going to be like four hours of like the weird unnecessary orgy scene in the middle of this movie? <laughs> 
Well, that was kind of necessary. Was okay. it? Show you his character. I do have. I do have a question. There was that scene where um, there are they in shop class? Are they working in a factory? And then what's Rusty James looks over and sees Diane Lane just like in a bra and underwear, laying, like laying there on top of something. See, I took was that, that as... school. Like I, they're young yeah. enough to still be in school. Like yes. yeah, Rusty James. Is well, that's why because he gets 15, 16 years old. He gets kicked out of school right. earlier in the movie. He's like, I only come here for my friends anyway. Yeah. He's fantasizing right. about her being in school. And that's just apparently, which was on the commentary uh, and a couple other things I looked up. It's supposed to just be like he's it's his adolescent mind processing right. sex and stuff like that. And I'm, just, I'm 42. That yeah. was on my mind, too. I know. But <laughs> I'm just saying it's just him being like, oh, I wish I could you know, bang this chick right now. Anywhere, anywhere I'm at. So that's that's every guy. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I guess that plays into the, you know, you're telling the story of adolescence. Like, yeah, yeah it's high school. I, I, I mean, if we were going to do the movie right and we were going to do that, I mean, that would probably happen through 90 percent of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's the six-hour director's cut. <laughs> Just a lot of Diane Lane. I need of... more unfaithful scenes, and then in, in, oh in uh, Rumblefish. Have you ever seen Unfaithful Scott? Uh, no. Oh my gosh! Like I really feel like for me, yeah. Like for me, that's a different podcast. Um, <laughs> that's more visual. Yeah. No, like for me, I always feel like I was sleeping on. I mean, just to pick her as an example, Diane Lane as an actress, like I love because her. I never watched, you know, Rumblefish until now, and I never saw The Outsiders. I didn't have like a file on her until all of a sudden she just kind of showed up in movies for me. Judge Dredd, Judge Dredd, and 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 going forward, and you know, even things as stupid as Jumper, which I like for Jumper. what it is. Like I enjoyed that movie, oh, which I, I guess maybe it. takes away all credibility of it, Rumblefish. It's but, not uh, five, but it's good. It's oh. not a good movie. It's just a their movie that I'll watch. No, that's one of those where it's like they set up a world and they're never going to finish it. I'm like, I hate you guys. You're like, like eh, it's a good solid four point jump. I, I know 4. I'm going off on a tangent here. Jumper. I watched the movie and then I bought the book because I wanted more Jumper. Right. And the book is absolutely nothing like the film. No, and they made a, I think they made a video game and, and they tried yeah. to set up this world. And yeah, that's all. Yeah. Well, I guess speaking about the books, I mean, you read the book, right. obviously. So how does the book compare to the movie? So there are differences. Now, S.E. Hinton was um, working with Coppola literally like hand in hand to get this script done. So all the changes that were made were done mainly by her and him to to make the movie a little more palatable um like there's little things like in the uh, uh big fight scene kind of at the bidding where everyone's dancing around doing ballet rusty james is swinging like a trapeze artist and stuff like that and and the other guy pulls out a knife and uh he goes after him and in the book he has a bike chain you know this is supposed to be kind of like a motorcycle gang so he had a bike chain and that's how he disarms him. Whereas in the movie, he grabs, I think, a sweater or a jacket and kind of disarms him that way. Um, where he gets cut in the side in the book, in the movie, it's uh, you know with a big piece of glass, very easy to see. But in the movie, you've already disarmed him. Mm-hmm. You've taken his knife away. You can't let him cut you with a knife again. So um, that's why they changed that from a knife to that piece of glass. The biggest, the biggest difference um, was the ending. The, the way the book ends is that I believe Rusty gets arrested um, after his brother gets shot. 
spoiler alert, Mickey Rourke gets killed. Oh, we're doing spoilers on this show. Yeah, no. <laughs> Please watch the movie. He straight us. up gets killed because he was letting animals go Pee Wee Herman style, like from I didn't get that. Adventure. I didn't understand why they shot him. He because that cop had it in for him. I like, think there so was history too. and he had he always wanted to get him in the end and he found his reason. Like, I agree with you, he but was it just releasing all the dogs and the cats. It just didn't make any sense to me why they would shoot him. Like I guess in today's world I'm just like that is police brutality. Right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I'm still laughing because you went to the peewee because that's what it was it was like i'm going in i'm gonna let all the animals out he's like he's gonna grab all the snakes um but uh yeah no he you know he gets shot in the back he gets killed and i'll say so in the movie um matt Dillon gets his bike goes to the coast almost immediately after goes to the beach and tries to move on with his life forget about it you know what happened with his brother and things like that in the book he gets arrested um and doesn't make the trip and i think it's with steve um, to California and the coast until like five years later. Oh, so wow. there is a big passage of time when he actually does that. And in the book, he never makes that promise to his brother. Um, I, I believe in the movie, now that this is one in the morning when I was watching it, which felt like forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe in the movie, he, he, he promises his brother that he's going to do that and kind of do, you know, make that trip and, and see the coast and see the beach and things like that. But in the book, he never really makes that promise. So there were differences, um, not glaring, not anything that would change the plot entirely. Um, I think it would have been kind of interesting to see them film him getting in trouble and going to jail. And maybe that's part of what that director's cut was, is that you see, you know, he's dealing with the repercussions of the life that he wanted to be in and be like his brother and his brother's trying to get him out of it. Um, But, you know, it is what it is, you know, short the runtime. But yeah, and as far as the book and the movie comparison goes, I think they're pretty similar. I think it was a good adaptation. I've read The Outsiders. I've never watched The Outsiders. I'm actually kind of curious to see how well that is done, just on a I've never seen it perspective. Um, this movie did make me want to go back and see it, knowing that pretty much the entire cast is in this movie. So it's like, I want to see them in this movie. You know, I'm going to see, you know, Emilio Estevez obviously wasn't in this one, but you know, I like seeing some of those older, you know, younger movies that people were in. I think I'm just a sucker for anything like coming of age. Like I still feel like I'm 18. I know. Well, yeah. Not, I mean, but... one of my favorite movies growing up was uh, stand by me. You yeah, know, just the Stan idea of, you know, walking with friends to go see something, do something, getting all these adventures and throwing up blueberry pie. Yeah. That's all my thing. I do that on Tuesdays. So. Uh, it's Tuesday. Boom, ba, boom. <laughs> um, they, all I know is they definitely wrote like him and or her and Coppola wrote this film while filming the outsiders right so like she had to approve all this stuff so i don't know man i just like i said i uh i think i liked it more than you guys which is fine but um yeah that's yeah, for me it was i i watched it i i enjoyed it for what it was I, it's not i'm not gonna revisit it i'm not gonna sit there and be like oh my god you have to sit with me and watch rumble fish i'll, I'll forget <laughs> probably more than i remember uh, it, it was good worth watching at least once you know in your life see but, i would like to see it in a theater with other people who are into that sort of thing i would i would if alamo played it next weekend I, and i didn't have any plans i i do have plans next weekend but if i didn't i would i would go sit down and watch it again because i, I, I just I, I i just like the the you know the west side story the 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 whole yeah atmosphere of it well, and like it, the I, symbolism and just but in that catch... case like i feel like you could watch west side story and just get a better movie <laughs> i've actually never seen west side story so I mean, that i've actually seen whoa yeah wow 
well, that doesn't was qualify actually, for that not, was your, playing, not your uh, basic bitch Alamo anymore, huh? Or I'll watch it later, I guess. <laughs> the everyman of sharks and jets. <laughs> so it's no skyscraper. That's <laughs> oh for sure. God. God, I can't believe I saw that in theaters. <laughs> um, so, all right. Well, uh, I I didn't realize that uh, Jordan was going to be such an anchor here. That's so great. He knew more than I did, and I did. I sat there and read for two hours last night. So I read faster. Uh, okay, you're very, you're much smarter, good sir. Much <laughs> you smart, <laughs> me dumb. Anyways, um, you got the everyman, the caveman, and the idiot. Which one's which? <laughs> so, so with that being said, we would like to rate the film. Uh, I'll let you go first, Jordan, since you seem to you read the book, you watched the movie, but I need you to see the Outsiders, dude. It's you never okay. heard Stay Golden Pony Boy? Or? I've, let's see. The, here's the thing. Like You grow up, and you, you hear these lines. You see these things. Now everything's a gift. So you see the gifts. You do all this crap. You, you understand it. Like, Actually, I, I understand exactly where you're coming from. Like you, you, you gather the information enough to be like, well, I've seen it. Just like, and this is going to kill me because people love this thing. I've never seen Roadhouse, but I know enough of Roadhouse that I don't ever have to see Roadhouse. Dude, I should, don't have to. I should, don't need to see Dalton do anything. You should. Who you cares? Should, you should see Roadhouse. <laughs> He's gone. I'll let you borrow Whatever. my copy of Roadhouse. I'll never watch it. I'll watch it later, and then that's when we wrap the show. Um, but for me, like it was, it was, it was good to watch it. It was nice to to have something that I had never seen before and experience it firsthand. I, it wasn't the greatest piece of cinema that I think I wanted to watch. I do love Citizen Kane, so I appreciated Coppola's use of the lack of color and all the contrast and, and all that stuff. It was very Orson Welles to me. I mean, I love that. That was great. I mean, I'm going to be an idiot and spend $60 on a 4k of citizen Kane. I'm yeah, that stupid. Too. Like I love that stuff. It's Same. like with Ed Wood, like I appreciate when people use black and white and you use it well. And that's what this movie did. Uh, I'm with Scott where the, maybe the plot wasn't as all there. And like I said, I'm comparing it to other coming of age stories where like, you know, the brother, and the younger brother or vice versa are trying to change their lives in some way. I think for me, if we're rating it on like five, I would probably throw that right in the middle, just right in the three. It was worth watching. I probably won't revisit it too much. I'm not going to sit there and spout how great it is to people. I'm not going to you know, go crazy with it, but I, I think it was worth watching and you know, I enjoyed it and I'll stick it on a shelf and it'll sit there and gather dust, but <laughs> I, I'm glad I watched it. You know, Did it you good. buy it? I rented it. Okay, good. So, um, Scott, what, I know you said you had notes. Did you get to those notes? If not, go ahead and no, get to those kinda notes. No, it was just kind of as we were talking. I just okay. kind of went off the notes. It just kind of helps when I when I jot something down. It kind of helps me revisit or remember it. Okay. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. I can't really say much more than what he said. Um, I mean, looking at the cast, you look back at it and you go, man, this is there's a lot of people in this movie. It's got a star-studded cast, you know, and it's it's fun to watch old movies that people are in that you can kind of look back and look at like oh mickey rourke you know look at all the work he's had done what in his face. happened yeah oh, you know and it's fun so Dreamy. pretty you almost <laughs> it's almost like a completely different person and that was funny to me because i kept during the movie i would like look up pictures of mickey rourke because i was like looking at him side by side I can, well i watched i watched uh, once upon a time in mexico just recently like within the last two weeks and it is a stark contrast of where you see him in Rumblefish and where you see him in that movie. And it's like he was hit by a car. Yep. Like he looks like he had major reconstructive surgery. Oh, yeah. And it's it's sad that I, you almost feel bad that that was the standard that he felt like he had to live up to as an actor in Hollywood to do something. Because, I mean, he is pretty dreamy in this movie. 
you can't understand half the dialogue. He's mumbling it <laughs> all the way through. And I believe I read something where he approached the character as a as an actor who was bored with his work. And I'm like, you did it. You sold it. Yeah, you, <laughs> you did it, buddy. You were bored this entire time. But yeah, it's weird to see him that young. And, and, and again, with Nicolas Cage and things like that, it's the same way. It's like, holy crap, I'm still watching movies with you and you look like you're pretty weathered. You look you know, Nicolas Cage, but he's a little kind of the same, not as bad, right? But he's, he's, he's close. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I mean, yeah, that was the fun part about it. You know, I mean, if I'm going to be, I'm going to be completely honest, cause I'll throw it on the table, man. Again, it's probably never a movie I'm going to watch again for the average moviegoer is how I'm going to rate this. And I'm going to say it was probably a two out of five for me. Okay. That's fine. Um, so uh, Aaron's just steaming in his I'm underwear. I'm so glad not. there's no video component to this. It's just like <laughs> disappointment. Just yeah, like, not. Uh. It's just I know I know what I'm getting when I bring Scott aboard on these endeavors, and I appreciate I appreciate it because it it makes it makes me appreciate film more and stuff like that because Scott is every man. He is when you see the Marvel trailers and the uh, directed by the same dude who wrote this piece of crap. That's for Scott. Like I get it, and I'm not even I'm not even talking down to you, dude. It's you are like, hey man, have you seen the new John McClane film? And it's like I like John McClane, but at the same time, in order to appreciate John McClane, I need to be able to appreciate films like this. Um, going back to what you were saying, like revisiting casts and all that stuff. My first uh, introduction to Matt Dillon was something about Mary stealing it from my parents, watching it in my room. Um, I didn't know who he was. I, I didn't know what he was famous for. Why, how he got famous as time progressed. And moved on. He started doing uh, other films, and he he has aged poorly, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> he kind of looks goofy and everything he's in now. But um, it's just I like going back and seeing where people have come from, the films that made them put them on the radar, put them on the map. Uh, I like symbolism. I like having to think about a movie for days after I watch it. Uh, I like being like, wait. Should I, like going back and being like, wait, I don't remember that part, or oh, I look at this completely different now. And um, I've been doing that recently with a lot of film, and uh, it's it's not a masterpiece, but I do think it's in the top three of Coppola's films. I think it was deeply personal to him, hence why every one of his family members was in it, hence why his brother's jacket was in it. I just it just it didn't have the same it didn't have the same impact as. The Outsiders, which is a great film. Like, don't get me wrong, but that was a studio film. This is something Coppola clearly cared about. He clearly put a lot of his... He must have read this story, read this book like you did, and said, this is me. This is, uh, you know, like sometimes when I watch movies, I'm like, this is, this movie is made about me. Like, and the director doesn't even know who I am. Clearly, no one does. But I feel like that's how Coppola did it, and he was going to make it his own way, and he's strategically put cage where he and work and Dylan. And I just, I found that all to be like chess pieces across the board. I'm not giving it a five. Don't worry. What? I am. I am going to give it a four. Everything I am going to give five. it a four because I felt like you guys with the runtime. I, I thought it was an hour and a half. Felt like it was three hours long. And I, and uh, there were parts that were slow, but overall, I really enjoyed the symbolism, the smoke. I, I enjoyed discovering new things about the film as it got as it went along. Um, you know, that's just my 
my but based on what you just said that you would go back and think about these things is this an actual movie that you're gonna sit there for days and analyze like no but for I've me been... it, like this was one and done uh i i looked into a lot of things i did recognize certain things in the movie i have been thinking about it since uh, granted i'd watched it yesterday but you know if i'd watched this at the beginning of the week i still would have been thinking about it and prepared for today right. to do stuff but after today honestly I'm going to just dump it out of the trash bin and it's never going to register with me. Well, there's, two, there's nothing to think there's about. There's two sides this. to it is do you watch a movie and you want to learn about it because right. it, it piqued your interest so much? Correct. Or do you want to learn about it because you had no idea what was going on? That both things, both <laughs> things. I wanted to learn about it. Like I would read the book now. Like I'm just saying, I, I, I understand what you're, where you're coming from and challenging me and all that good stuff. No, it's after tomorrow. I'm never going to think about it again. But if I'm looking, if we're, if I'm texting you and I'm looking through the Alamo and I'm, or whatever, the Majestic, whatever it's going to be, or, or even Harkins. And it's like, hey, we're going to play Rumblefish on 35 millimeter on a Saturday night at, you know, 8 p.m. I would consider buying a ticket. So. And I would go with you because yeah. I, I love movies enough to want to experience. So that's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. I, it's not something that's going to stay with me for the rest of my life. And I'm not putting it in some best film of all time category i just think for a director as big as coppola as renowned as coppola as you know good as him making this film was a lot of fun for him i think it was a lot it was very personal and i just i appreciate the art so a four for me what did you give it a i three? gave it a three like and just right down the middle for myself yeah I give it two two so and if you go to the theater that night i'll be washing my hair yeah we know i'll have softball washing his beard <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, guys, that's pretty much how the show is going to go. Uh, we're going to pick another movie to watch next week. We'll, and then we are going to give you a show every week. How this will go from here on out is at the end of the show, we will bring it down. We will go and uh, look at up-and-coming movies, movies we're excited for in the theater, stuff like that. Just films that um, piqued our interest or something of that nature. Um, it might be films we've already seen. We're not going to go deep into them. Just stuff you can pick up throughout the week or whatever. So, uh, Jordan, what movie will I be watching later? So, what you will be watching later will be the 1998, and in my eyes, classic, not to taint it or anything, but uh, the movie is Dark City, uh, directed by Alex Proyas. Um, he directed, I believe, The Crow. Mm. Um, I've never seen The Crow Rufus Sewell I know I love telling people that just to get that reaction never seen it okay so now okay just to derail (laughs) my pick for a second not only will we be watching The Crow at some point we will follow it up with the companion piece Uh, it's a show on Shudder called Cursed Films and they talk about the making and the tragedy Mm. regarding The Crow and I highly suggest that TV show here's what I I can promise you for Dark City I will watch (laughs) the crow to have reference okay that would... i will watch the crow to have reference next week okay with dark city I will, um, I will double feature it up for that now this one admittedly didn't do well in the theaters i personally you know as someone who has seen it and i've watched the director's cut i love this movie uh it's got rufus sewell um Kiefer sutherland jennifer connelly william hurt um yeah. So you picked a movie you've seen, but we haven't seen. So you're already using the rule. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've I've made a list, but I, the more I keep thinking about this movie, and it, and honestly, I have a friend that went to an estate sale and literally picked this movie up on DVD and said, 
hey, have you seen this? So for me, this made sense. It just keeps coming up in my head. Um, it's got people like Richard O'Brien, who played uh, Riff Raff in uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Nice. Um, Bruce Spence, who is a name that you probably wouldn't know, but you would un- know of him when you see him. He played the Mouth of Sauron okay. in, uh, in of the the deleted Rings. scenes, Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. uh, Return of the King. He also played the Train Man in the Matrix movies. Oh, okay. So he's a face that you'll know, but no one knows his name. Uh, Melissa George. I mean, it's a very interesting movie it's very neo-noir uh detective type story a man um wakes up wanted for murder doesn't know why and then weird crazy stuff keeps happening and it's really it's really cool so this movie it's another dark movie so we're going from a black and white dark gritty type movie to a legit not only in the title but just setting wise a dark movie and (laughs) i'm all for it so this film has actually been Suggested to me no less than a hundred times in my life, and I have just never watched it because I've always seen the cover, and I'm like, okay, and that uh, does not sell this movie. And um, I'm not ch- shitting on it in in any capacity. I've just it's one of those movies that's been on my watch list for a million years, and I've just never got around to watching it because I've never had the time, or I've always found something else to do. So I'm actually I'm excited because it's forcing me to watch it. Um, okay, guys, I think that about wraps us up for the day like i said we'll uh we'll cut this into segments next time so um you're not going to get a big long speech from me at the beginning of next episode but we are going to oh, thank you <laughs> shut up scott but we are going to um we are going to add a couple things and we will if you have any suggestions or anything like that we can definitely take that into consideration um all of our uh social medias uh actually jordan's in charge of that so i'm gonna give it back to him but you can we do have a website it's uh watch it later and it sh- by the time this gets up it should be running it's through our um it's through our hosting site so it's what hosts our podcast there's nothing up there except the movie um we're not going to post anything all of our stuff will go through social media which jordan will run uh if Jordan, if you want to tell people where they can find us online, um, we've got uh, Instagram up and running. Nothing's really up yet. We, I will be posting a few things from Rumblefish, most likely some you know behind the scenes pictures here and there that I can find. Um, and you can look up Watch Later Pod on Instagram. Um, I believe um, on Twitter you can do the same thing. Um, and all of our ratings and stuff will go up there too, right? Yeah, we'll make okay. sure that everyone knows. You and know, how I'll... much you loved everything we watched and how much <laughs> we both just shit on it <laughs> it's all good um i'm aaron i'm jordan and scott and i'll watch it later we'll see you guys next week first there was darkness Then came the strangers. They come when we sleep. Seeking a cure for their own mortality. To steal our thoughts. Our souls makes us different from them. To shape our memories. We have much to do. To take away all that makes us human. It is time. Who are they? But one of us knows their secret. You saw something, didn't you? I don't think the sun even exists. And 
out of time. No escape. Has the power to stop them.